About a month in Todmorden. Yeah, September the 15th we moved in. So, yeah, about six weeks. Oh, is it six weeks? Good it is. heavens. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, Time's uh, flying. Quite settled in now. Yes, yeah. Feels surprisingly settled. Mm, feels like almost part of the town. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, what do we think of Todd? I think it's great. I think it's great. Ah, uh, there's so many... Th- Great drinking establishments. Yes. I'm still finding rivers that disappear underground and don't know where they come out. Oh, as yeah, well. you like all that, don't <laughs> yeah, you? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, tonight we're off to Eagles Crag Brewery. Yes, a very strange pub. It was not strange, but the setup is odd. It's a brewery where for most of the month you can buy beer and take it home but then just two days a month it's open to go and drink in and one night a month i.e tonight uh, there's music on yeah so i think there's music on tonight and tomorrow but it's our mate nick hall tonight that's right yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, i'm about to go go over there fairly soon um there's gonna have music on at the hare and hounds as well which is just reopened mm-hmm yeah, I've been there a couple of times. Yes, yes, that looks okay. Um, there seems to be a thriving music scene, actually. Yeah. Um, there's, as I know, I mean, we're going to see Nick Hall this evening. Uh, I believe there's something musical on at the Fielding Centre and bumped into uh, Pitt Fowler, who says he's putting on an, an, a music event as uh, the Three Wise Monkeys tonight as well. And there's usually something at the Golden Lion, yes, isn't there? Yes, so? almost certain to be something at the Golden Lion. Yeah, so plenty of... Quite a thriving music scene. We might have to have a chat with somebody who's, who's a bit more involved in it mm. fairly soon. Um, but back to music later when we talk. We're going to talk to Jack Straw. Oh, yes, you were with him at Whitby. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes, uh, a very interesting chap. And but, more music, was what I went to see on Wednesday night. Took four of the five grandchildren to see Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat at the Todd Hippodrome. Getting great reviews. Absolutely amazing it was. It was so well done. Such brilliant production. Yeah, uh, I think it's only on for another night or so, um, but... You know, if that's the kind of standard they have there, then I'd recommend you go and to whatever they've got. It's a youth theatre that put that show on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I think the oldest ones there were 17 or 18, and, uh, you know, the rest were the school kids. and It was absolutely superb. Mm, you came back singing all the songs. Yeah, we had to put them on YouTube so the kids could see them again, didn't we? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. So what else? Oh, the U3A, University of the Third Age, we've mm-hmm. got in Todmorden as well. I know, we joined that, didn't we? I know, yeah. Went along to our first meeting there, which happened to be their AGM, um, but was also uh, a man, I can't remember his name, but he'd written a book about walking across Africa when he was there to talk about it. It was really interesting, wasn't it? Yes, he said he sort of like just thought to himself one day, I feel like doing something more adventurous mm. than working in a bookshop. So I'll walk across Africa. I know. We moved to Todd <laughs> to be more adventurous. <laughs> yeah. 
He walked three and a half thousand miles. Yes, from the uh, Namibian skeleton coast to Dar es Salaam. It was quite. It, it was quite self-deprecating as well. I thought because he, you know, he said, "Oh well, you know, when you watch these travel programmes." Uh, People who go on about how dangerous it is, with snakes in particular, you mentioned, and lions and what yeah. have you. And then people warn you about bandits, and, and he yeah. didn't really meet any of them. No. <laughs> I think he saw a snake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he took a photograph of a snake. Yeah, yeah. But he left it alone, and it did the same to him. Which is quite a good thing. him the same courtesy, which is nice. That's that's one of my favourite things that snakes do, is leave you alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was nice. And there's other things at the U3A, isn't there? There's um, Scrabble Nights, which mm. that's me sorted, uh, board games, walking cricket. Table tennis Table badminton. Tennis. Yeah. 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 Now you're really good, uh, or have been really good at table tennis. Yeah, you? I might see if I can practice a bit and then perhaps join that team. Mm, I fancy badminton. I mean, I've played, played badminton as late as the mid 1980s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bit like me with table tennis, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but willing to yeah. give it a go. Mm. A couple of people have asked us to join the the cricket. Not Don't me. Know. They didn't ask me. No, that was good. Uh, reason, I, I, I sort of wish they had asked you instead of me, because I might have to have a go at cricket. Not mm. really my game. No, but, but still, I have done it. I have done it. And the next one we're going to is about numbers, which <laughs> I'm increasingly interested in. The older I get. Yes. More numbers I have behind me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you like numbers, don't you? I do, yeah. more. Mm. As I say, the older I get, the more I like them. And each birthday I think, oh, how many products is of that? You know, say it was 54, mm. which I'm still looking forward to being. It would be like 2, 3, 6, 9, 18, 27, you know. Maybe you should be giving the talk about numbers <laughs> instead of whoever it's going to be. Oh, no, he said, he said something about Fibonacci numbers. Oh, foreign some, numbers. Yeah, <laughs> Italian numbers <laughs> and um, sunflowers and what uh, they got in common. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, well, that sounds interesting. Anyway, um, going back to the sort of music thing, I've just had a weekend with Jack Straw. Oh, um, Jack's lovely. Yeah. Not the politician, Jack. No, no, the proper, the proper Jack Straw, yeah. not that. Ex-postman. Like MP bloke. <laughs> yes, ex-postman. Uh, lives or lived up at Sour Hall, um, mm-hmm. just on top of the hill, mm-hmm. not very far from our house. Yeah. Um, but quite a way up. <laughs> yes. Uh, a, a lovely bloke. So I'll tell you what, why don't we just move on to my chat with Jack. Okay. So I'm sitting in Elizabeth's B&B in Whitby with Jack Straw. Um, so we're up here for the Musicport Festival this weekend, Jack. So what's your role at the festival? Well, I've got a, a very simple role, which is, is minding the fire doors from the old theatre into the corridor. So it just involves five two-hour shifts of sitting on a chair making sure nobody wanders into the theatre when a performance is on. 
Right. Okay. And um, you've been here quite a few times, haven't you, to this festival? I have. It's a great festival. Great festival. There's also wild and windy weather, but last night's wild and windy weather was particularly wild and windy. <laughs> yes, it was. It's about the worst I've seen. I've been coming to Whitby for about 12 or 15 years. It was. Elizabeth told me that it's actually blown the um, lighthouse at South Shields down. Oh, really? Last night. Yeah, so that's, that's quite fer- sturdy things, aren't they? Mm. Fero- that's, that's fairly ferocious. Oh, right. So back to the, yes, back to the festival then. So what sort of, um, is this the same job as you've had before or have you done a variety uh, of roles? At Music Port, it, it's mainly this job and uh, guarding the, the um, artist's green room mm-hmm. as well. I've done that one before. And uh, sometimes you just get asked to do other things. So sometimes if they're doing a big a sound check in the, um, in the main hall... You'd be asked to just ask people not to go in while the sound checking. Oh, right. They did that. I think they did it. They did this one-off festival called Norma Fest, um, for, and which Norma Waterson, unfortunately, was too ill to actually come to. Mm-hmm. And um, they had Peggy Seeger on, and she didn't want anyone in the in the main arena while she was sound checking. So we were stopping for wandering in. But while we were doing that. I, Peggy Seeger wandered past me and I went to open the door for her and actually nearly knocked Peggy Seeger out. <laughs> so, so that was nearly a, a bad claim to fame. <laughs> yes, you don't want to be doing that. She's not a young girl anymore no, either, is no, she? No, be infamous. <laughs> yeah, OK. And now we've worked together at uh, the Beverly Folk Festival as well. We have, Dave. That's, that's how I got involved in volunteering at music festivals because you kind of let me come along to Beverly. Probably in about 2014, I think. A bit about that, yes. And that's that's when um, you used to, were in charge of Artist Liaison mm-hmm. and I came to be a runner for <laughs> Artist Liaison, which I really enjoyed because it just involved taking things from one place to another, passing on messages, making sure people were okay and roaming around the festival site and talking to lots of people, which really suited me. Well, that's what you do best, isn't it? Mm. But also, I mean, you you would on the, we'd get there on sort of the night before it all started and you'd get your bearings. Yes. Uh, and then uh, one of your jobs was to take people to their stages or their dressing rooms, um, which, to be quite honest... Um, for someone who's registered blind, it's quite an impressive role to play, really. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of people, when I, somebody would say, well, Jack will take you to your room, and they sort of saw you with your stick, they yeah. were a bit surprised with them. Everyone, yeah. you got them all there to the right places constantly. Yeah. Once, once I'd worked it out, but Beverly Racecourse took a bit of finding your way around mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the main stand. That was the that was the difficult bit, but once once I'd worked it out, it was it was fine, <laughs> yes. and it was great way to meet lots of interesting people. Yes, so tell us about some of the interesting people you've you've met. Well, the best one really was Martin Carthy because mm-hmm. I got um, I, I, I met I met him a few times at Beverly, and I walked in on him once when he was practicing his guitar oh. and taking him his food, uh, which were really because I didn't I didn't didn't actually know it was actually in there. So it would just it would just do what I'd be doing with my guitar, just twiddling about on his guitar, 
in his room up in bit, main stand at Beverly Racecourse. Bit more special when it's a sort of it, you know, a one to one. It is <laughs> little set with Martin Carr thing. Yeah, and then then there were another time when he'd just come off stage where uh, where Eliza says, "Well, you, can you make sure my dad gets in his taxi?" <laughs> so I, I I carried his guitar out way up through a festival site and waited for, for him uh, for his taxi to come, which were which were lovely. So it. it but is the is the is the is the the main one really that's that's been mm-hmm. really nice to me because a lot of time you don't want to bother people because they're getting in the zone for performing and mm-hmm. and sometimes a lot of the time it's just going into a room full of full of people that are all wait, all hungry <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you have you have big groups of people won't you I remember somebody like Thea Gilmore she had a lot of people with her up at Beverly mm-hmm. and. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Oh, and John Tam. John Tam's another good one to meet. I really enjoyed meeting John Tam's and his wife Sally. Yeah. Uh, when um, home service were on at Beverly, that were that were pretty special night. And um, I miss I miss meeting Billy Bragg. Yeah. I met his manager, but not Billy Bragg. Oh right. <laughs> I just missed him. Yes. Oh, fair enough. Yes, but so there's quite a, quite a lot of interesting people, and a lot of the the people who or the other volunteers you've befriended as well over the yeah, years. Yeah, that's that's the great thing about volunteering at, at festivals, is that I th- when I used to just go to festivals as a as as just a member of audience. Sometimes I used to find if you go on your own, you can feel a bit lonely in a crowd. Mm-hmm. But going volunteering, you just meet all the other volunteers, and 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 they're all lovely people. So you get you get to be friends with them, and then you stay friends with them, and you just see them every year. Then, um, and then you see them at other festivals too. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's a really important part of volunteering at festivals, and it's something that I always mention it to to young folk, because a, a lot of young folk were always, of course, struggling to make ends meet. They don't seem to be aware that you can do volunteering at these music festivals. Yes, and so so you you work a few hours, but you're into the festival for for free. That's it. And it's it's a great way to spend your weekend, <laughs> and um, without actually having bought a ticket and um, and being part of everything. And I, I think it's for me, it's nice to be part of putting the festival on. That, that that that's that's really nice to be able to do that and to be able to see everyone enjoying themselves, and particularly after lockdown, that's that's been really nice. Like last night, when everybody were wandering past me as I was sitting in the corridor, minding that fire door, it was mm. just nice to see everybody chattering away, smiling, carrying the the pints of beer past, mm-hmm. and just just out on an awful. Windy night in Whitby, but enjoying themselves. Yes, I was surprised how many people made it to last night, the Friday night, the <laughs> first night. Uh, yes, I, I thought a few people might cry off, and perhaps some of them did. But everyone there seemed to be thoroughly enjoying themselves, getting back into the festival mood. Well, well, you and I know, Dave, don't we? Mm. How how awful it was coming over the moors. <laughs> yes. Yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wasn't sure we were going to make it at one point. No, no, and, and a, a number of people, as I heard them speaking to each other last night, were saying exactly the same thing. Mm. People talking about arriving in Whitby with shaky legs after a terrible drive. <laughs> yes, yes, but that's, I mean, fortunately, uh, Musicport is is in the pavilion and it's all indoors, so it's not too bad when you finally get here. Is it? It's not like uh, some oh, no, of them, like uh, Beverly, when we were camping outside. Yeah, once you once you're within the pavilion, once you've 
once you've once you've stepped inside from the from the North Sea, <laughs> it's fine then. Yes. So this is we mentioned two or three festivals you've done, but you've worked at quite a lot of festivals, haven't you? Quite a few, because I did volunteering at Stainsby Festival when I went with Brian Toberman once, and um, and and the one that they used to have. Um, near Hull at this big old country house called Cornucopia mm-hmm. which were lovely lovely festival but I just became a victim of when there was lots and lots of festivals I think I think there were so many festivals at one point that I think I think they just they were, they were just a one two one of those two, one too many festivals and where else did, did I go to um, and Fleetwood I think I helped out at Fleetwood before in Paris oh so that's a lovely little festival yeah, that, when um Alan Bell used to do it mm-hmm. back then, and um, I'm trying to think of other ones. It yes. was mainly Beverly; that was my main one, mm-hmm. and, um, and and music part. But I, I, I have I have actually done some others, but I can't think, <laughs> I, can't think, I can't think which ones they were. Because and there were some that I went to, that I volunteered at with my partner Alex. Oh, the other one, the other big one that I've mm. remembered it now: Music on the Mar at Castle Carrick. Oh, yeah. North Cumbria, which was a very little festival, they just just held on a village green, and that's that's the Ma. That's what they call their village green. That was a lovely little festival run by a man called Richard Johnston. They had one marquee and one uh, indoor uh, venue, and um, in the school, and that was a lovely little festival. It was the patron of the festival was Roy Bailey. So every year... Really nice chap, Roy Bailey. Lovely man. A real national, genuine national treasure, Roy Bailey. And we used to, I used to see him there every year. And we used, me and Alex said there, we'd do the, um, we'd do the festival desk, which I, I couldn't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Because we'd be doing all the um, selling tickets and selling artist CDs. And um, so that took a bit of doing. But we were very good. You got to see lots of people. And you just and you could hear all the music because you were just sat a, about ten yards away from the um, away from the marquee. So that was that was a good one. But that stopped. Um, they were talking about not having any more before COVID, and then it just stopped with uh, with the um, outbreak of COVID. And I don't think they've had one since. No, that's happened to quite a few of them. I, I I agree with you though, Jack. There were perhaps getting to be a bit too many just before the COVID arrived. Um, and maybe it's sort of evening itself out a bit now because there was, um, there lots of them were losing money. <laughs> yes, it's yes. not cheap putting on a festival. Well, that's what you. That's what I used to think. I used. I used to think because there's, you've only got so many people that you that go to these festivals, mm-hmm. and 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 if you've got a few of them going on in same same area, say in, in northern England, you 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 just they're going to be a bit thin on the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember the days when you more or less had to go down south to a festival. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. just didn't used to happen in the north. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now we're awash with them. Thank God, I'm actually, I think it's it's great now. There's a lot of sort of lovely ones about. I mean, we live in Calder Valley. Both Hebden Bridge and Todmorden have their own little uh, folk festivals, and Todd has a there's a few other things going on. There as is, well. uh, there is. It was great when they started having Todmorden folk festivals. Mm. Think that, that that must just have been a small group of people that thought there's going to be a folk festival in Topperdon. Mm-hmm. And the other thing they had in Topperdon was a 
that I remember, or thought about last night because I was speaking to a young man called Jack Wilson who does electronic music. Oh, yeah. And they did have a, some like an experimental electronic music festival in Todmorden. And the, one of the venues they used, I think, was the Unitarian Church. And it, it was one of those festivals where people, there were just a few people spread out all over Britain that were really interested, but they all seemed to come. Mm. So that were a really good one as well that they had there. Yes, and it's again, it's about people just saying to themselves, well, it would be nice to have a folk yeah. or electronic yes. or jazz yes. or whatever festival and just yes. get on and do it. Well, young Jack last night was saying to me about how... I, I was saying to him about how... With, with, with electronic music... Because he, he was saying he stopped doing his music now. And I oh. encouraged him to get going again. Mm. And um, was, I was saying to him how... With all the folk, folk festivals... Folk musicians... Mm. They'd, they'd just always had the folk clubs and open mics to go to... Just to keep doing the music... And presented it to an audience... And, and we were saying how I didn't know how we'd how go on with the electronic music, but it would tell me somebody actually had set up an electronic music open mic. Um, it, someone from Halifax had set it up, but oh. they, they were actually happening all over the world. Now. Oh, that's fantastic! Which is which is which is, which is great. Yeah. So, and we start with music keep evolving anyway, don't they? So it is, and they all, they so cross over, they all, they all bump into each other somewhere. Oh, they very do, and very much so at this festival, this music port sort of festival. Do. They say, let's do something together. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> there was this, sort of, there was an interesting, Eubonye, I think they were called, last night, which uh, was basically a sort of a jazz band with Zulu gospel singers. <laughs> it was quite an interesting, quite an interesting sound, and you know you get quite a lot at these uh, international festivals. I don't like to call them world music festivals; these international festivals where people will sort of like mix in with each other and influence each other's music, which is fantastic, isn't it? You do. Mm. And somebody was saying to me yesterday that next year. The uh, the Womex World Music Conventions in 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 England is it I think it's in Manchester. Oh right. So that they were hoping that that artists that were going to be performing at that it's the same time of the year as music parts mm. that they might be able to entice some of them a, across to the eastern coast of Yorkshire. For, oh, that'll be fantastic because uh, make it a bit cheaper than having to pay for them to, to fly in England, from yeah. North Africa or bits of Europe or wherever. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I didn't realise, but the man I was talking to was saying that it hasn't been held, Warmex hasn't been held in Britain for about 20 years or something like that, at, oh. least, at least 20 years. Quite a long time ago. I didn't realise that. And that that's the sort of, you know, it's, it's just a world music expo isn't it mm. sort of, yeah. uh, where people who sort of perform and organise festivals book gigs and all managers and agents all get together um, with the sort of journalists I mean magazines like Songlines will be there and, and, yeah they'll be yeah, there won't yeah, they yeah absolutely Fruits so, Magazine yes yes um, okay so you're from Calder Valley um, well actually Dave I'm from Uddersfield. Oh, yeah? Don't forget, the sound of the land of the silent H. <laughs> Uddersfield. We don't pronounce our H's. No, no. But you've, you've, you, you, so you're born in Huddersfield? Yeah, so, I'm, but I'm, you're brought up in the Calder Valley. And I moved to Calder Valley in 1998 when I was 32. Oh, right. And, and there were two reasons for moving to Calder Valley. Yeah. Um, one, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful valley. 
and I just love countryside. Mm-hmm. And um, and the other thing was the trades club at Ebden Bridge. Yes. <laughs> because I, I also used to sit in Huddersfield thinking, oh, they've got another really good gig on at trades club, but it, it, how do you get to trades club when you don't drive and get home again? So just thought I'd need to be a bit closer to trades club in Ebden Bridge. So that were the two reasons for moving there. And we lived there, uh, up on top of hills, um, on the tops, as they say, in Todd. Yeah. That, that, that might be where we first met, I think, was it? Probably a trade club, trades definitely, club. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. When when you when Dave was the um, entertainment manager, mm-hmm. yes. and you were booking all artists then, weren't you? Yes, yes, it's going back that a while now. 1990, so that's 1998, and um, so I just, I moved there with all my family, and we lived up at Sourall, up above Todmorden, mm-hmm. and... Um, I used to go to work at Royal Mail in Halifax then, and uh, until 2013 when they gave me the boot. Mm. <laughs> well, they pensioned me off actually, but but it was when they 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 sold half its shares off, so they were they were probably sort of paring down the operation to be super efficient, mm-hmm. so they could have cheap stamp prices. But it gives you a new lease of life, doesn't it? Oh, it gave me a great lease of life. Mm-hmm. It did. It yeah. did. It let me. It gave me the opportunity to think. Um, would I like to try living somewhere really wild and interesting? And where do you live now then? I live on a very small island called North Ronaldsay, in which is part of Orkney Archipelago, just off north coast of Scotland. Mm-hmm. But you you come back down quite a lot. Yeah, at least once every month or two mm-hmm. yeah. to to see my mum and my sister, my nephews. So and all my friends. So what's it like living on a small island off the north coast of Scotland? It's it, well, it's very interesting to because you just don't know what it's going to be like. For the answer to that question, you'll have to listen to our next episode of Real Voices of Happy Valley. Uh, Jack is so interesting, and uh, we thought we'd turn him into two episodes. One about his volunteering at music festivals and another about what it's like moving from the Calder Valley to a very small island with a small population uh, at the far end of Orkney, off the north coast of Scotland. And uh, that's quite fascinating too. So, if you like what you're listening to, um, make some comments, like our Facebook page, Real Voices of Happy Valley, and... uh, Tell your mates about us. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye.